When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, and I am being joined by Justin Labar and Raj Geary. It's Monday night, and that means it's time to talk about all things Monday night, Raw. But while we let everyone sort of settle in and find their seats, I want to ask you guys, how have you been? How was your weekend? Raj, let's start with you. How did, how did your weekend treat you? It was good. It was uh, busy, but it yeah. was good. Uh, I got to watch most of the Suicide Squad. I still got to finish it, but that movie's that was really good. John Cena is awesome in it. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, how about you I, guys? I keep hearing that's a good movie. I never saw the first one. Do I need to see the first one before I watch the second one, or is it like totally separate? I heard it's a complete like standalone redo. I don't know if it's a redo or just it's a. I don't think it's a follow up to the original. Because I'm a nerd about that stuff. Like, it bothers me if I miss the fir- like something from the before. I'm like that with the Marvel with the Marvel universe. There's so many yeah. movies out there. I'm worried, like, if I'm you know if I'm watching the the Captain America one, and uh, I'm just not going to get a lot of it because of stuff that happened in other movies. Yeah, that gets on that gets on my nerves. So, like, I, I heard the first one wasn't good. So right. it's supposed to be really bad. I don't want to watch it, but I keep hearing this one's good, and I do want to watch that. So I'm torn. I don't know what to do. I'll probably just watch the second one and deal with it because I keep hearing it's good. Uh, but Justin, did you watch it? What have you? What was your weekend like? I have not watched it. Uh, I'm I'm out of the loop on on that and the Marvel stuff. My, my wife is in it, so I, I've been trying to. One of these days, I'll sit down and uh, get into it. No, I mean my only viewing this past weekend, the the brief time I had to binge is uh, I love the series. There's only a couple episodes in each season on Netflix of the movies that make us. Oh Especially, yeah. If you oh, like. Yeah. If you like IMDb trivia, if you like behind the scenes, this is good. So, I, you know, I watch the movies that make us on Forrest Gump and Back to the Future and Jurassic Park. So those are fun. So that was that. Those were good. Um, the narration's really fun, the way they string it together. But how about Raj's hot take on Twitter as we're speaking of John Cena? He's saying John Cena is, the, is, a, is delivering more than The Rock in, in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I- a spicy take. For for how I, I I did not expect that thing to catch on. I was I was just something I tweeted while I was watching that movie last night, and then I wake up this morning and jeez, um, I think The Rock's awesome. My my daughters right now, as we are speaking, are watching the game plan in the other room, so, and they love Jumanji. They've watched Jumanji probably more than any other movie. I, mean, I think The Rock's fantastic. I just think Cena just really stands out. Um, just with his acting chops a little more. Like, The Rock is always The Rock. He's got the superstar uh, charisma. Whereas Cena, like in this movie, and uh, uh, what was that one comedy? Um, Blockers. Yeah, he just stole that movie, I thought. Um, so I just think, I don't know. I think Cena was, uh, 
He's got the potential to be the best wrestler turned actor. Uh, Batista is up there as well. Batista probably, you know, is above both of them. I love John Cena, but I kind of feel like John Cena plays, I don't know, the same role, just maybe in a few, just how vulgar can he be? I mean, you know, The Rock, I mean, The Rock has been tough guy rock. He's been, you know, he's been scientist tough guy rock. He's been gay, Raji, and um, and be cool. I mean, I feel like the, I feel like the rocks have a little bit more of a range. Where John Cena is just John Cena. Was he a tooth fairy at one point? Also, he was. tooth for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I guess to the point though, uh, the Rock took some time to get the big roles. Where John Cena seems to just be stepping right in. Yeah, I mean, when he did those WWE movies, the, you know, that those were a while back. But to really get, you know. The, the mainstream roles. I mean, he's pretty new to this, and I just think he's killing it. Whereas The Rock, it took a while. Like, The Scorpion King, he didn't even talk. I mean, uh, uh, The Mummy Returns, he didn't even have a line. And Scorpion King, he probably had, like, one page of dialogue in that whole movie. So, it, it <laughs> well, took well, a little while. Well, to be fair, John Cena stuck around for about 15 years longer than The Rock did uh, uh, before jumping away to Hollywood. So and, 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 I mean, look at it. John Cena paid his dues. He stuck it out through WWE films. I mean, yeah. No, they're both great. He survived WWE films. I think he was able to get through those and then still make it in Hollywood, which is a huge uh, good sign for him. I will say The Rock, though, maybe it's because he is a big star. This doesn't have anything to do with acting. He, like, takes over franchises. Like, once he joined Fast and the Furious, that was his franchise at that point. Same with G.I. Joe. It was Channing Tatum's franchise, and then Rock showed up and was like, no, no. This is my franchise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh yeah, I mean the the Fast and Furious movie where he came in, if you look at the box office for the one before, it was good. Um, but then once The Rock came in, that one, Fast Five, it did like, you know, a billion dollars worldwide. I mean, it was on another level. So I mean I mean, Jesus. He opened the uh the Super Bowl last year. He he narrated the the US team at the Olympics coming out. I mean he's I mean he's the closest thing to Schwarzenegger that we had back in the eighties, you know, like as far maybe even bigger. Who knows? He narrated. I think he had a narration last night in the closing ceremony of the Olympics, uh, segueing them to Paris for twenty four. Huh? I will say, if anyone else was in Jungle Cruise, I would not be interested. But seeing The Rock is in it, I go, okay, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, we're gonna watch it because of that. We just yeah. haven't had time to. <laughs> Uh, but Raj, this one's for you. Uh, hey, I've seen this one, Brett Murphy. I got nothing to say. I'm just using this money so Raj can see my new super chat name. Lol, <laughs> you're welcome. There you go. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Hey, I've seen this one. <laughs> Five dollars a quarter. I, uh, I abuse that gift. <laughs> Five dollars a quarter of the way for your movie ticket to see the next Raj yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sheed Black says, Suicide Squad 2 sucked too silly. I, I, I could see how, you know, if, if someone told me what was happening um, ahead of time, I'd probably think, oh, that sounds stupid. But when I watched it, I thought it was I thought it was pretty hilarious. I think it always depends. Like, you go in, if you expect it silly, it's fine. If If you went into, like, a serious movie and it's silly, then it's different. But if you're like, I don't know, superhero movies I judge a lot differently than I would judge you know, Schindler's List or something. Right. Like if, if it was a, a like Batman <laughs> and they had a bunch of silly stuff, you yeah. know, even Batman is a superhero movie, but you know, it, yeah. Uh, anyway. uh, King rail says suicide squad two is hilarious. I watched it twice. This is by far, this by far was seen as best movie. Cena was made for that role. So yeah, that's, I, that's what I thought. 
I I gotta check it out then. I guess that'll you, be next on my uh on my to do list. And now I get Alexa Bliss, the Harley Quinn stuff, and where she's you know who she where she's getting the inspiration for it. <laughs> Again, I haven't seen the Suicide Squad, but I will say I think John Cena's best minutes, and it's not the most minutes. I think his best minutes on the big screen in Hollywood, the by far the funniest is Trainwreck. Yeah, no, yeah. he was he was great in that. That's another one. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah, still he, in the scene from Amy Schumer, you know. Yeah. Like, he, he was. Uh, it was only for a moment, but he was also good in Daddy's Home at the, yeah. at the oh, end. Yeah. There, when he when he came out at the end, that was a fun a fun moment. So, I don't know, Raj. Maybe you're right. We'll circle back on this in 20 years. But let's get into some news here. Let's. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a tone shift, uh, but let's talk a little bit about news. Uh, over the weekend, uh, there were some releases, uh, and they came from NXT. Looks like the list, I believe, was Bobby Fish, uh, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, uh, Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, Tyler Rust, Zachariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giant Zanzier, and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, a, so a lot of surprising names in there, and... Um, uh, I think a lot of people kind of shocked about what happened. Obviously, it's always sad when people lose their jobs. But uh, uh, let's, uh, Raj, you're the news guy. Any uh, any quick thoughts on that or, or what happened there? Well, I think the the one that was the most surprising, I think, for most people was Bronson Reed. I mean, mm-hmm. he had just been doing some dark matches on the main roster and was like getting a look to you know possibly come up. If anything, I think people thought he was going to be the next one to get called up after carrying cross. And so that was a surprise. Um, you know, some of the other ones, uh, Bobby, you know, Bobby Fish, he's a name, uh, but he, he had been around a while. Um, but yeah, you know, it just sucks to hear that many people losing their job at, you know, at the same time. And um, a lot of those names are probably not surprises, but yeah, it's, I mean, they're, the word is that they want to um, revamp NXT and they got some major changes in mind, uh, including new lighting and a new look, which I'm all for, uh, a different uh, format for the weekly TV shows, uh, which I think they badly need. But then you hear that they kind of want to go back to the, the hiring the big guys and not uh, and like not taking wrestlers that are too short. And, you know, it's that's a philosophy they've had over and over over the years. And, and no matter when, no matter during which period, if you were a big guy, you're getting an opportunity, and um, yeah, it's looking like they're going to focus more on that. Yeah, um, and and Justin, before we, uh, I guess, before we get into those changes, any thoughts on the released talent that uh, came out over the weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, God, how many batches of, of releases have we had in the last three, four months that are, you know, you just there's always one or two that you just really look at and you go, wow, really, uh, for all the reasons that Raj said, Bronson Reed stands out the most. Um, you know, Mercedes, I mean, all of them had some story, whether it was a public story or not, you know, Mercedes Martinez, uh, obviously not on the early end of her career. She was winding her in-ring career down, but by everything I had understood, you know, a lot of her being there was to, you know, have some final reps in her in-ring career, but then transition is to a coach and, and, and a trainer in, in the PC. Um, not to say that she can't be brought back at a later time. We certainly see that happen. But, you know, so you know, she gets cut. And, and, you know, you get these guys and girls who relocate their families. And then in a matter of months are being cut. I mean, it it, it, it certainly seems like not a lot of thought or communication, at least, was being given. And this has happened 
pretty quickly and you know and then to the to segue into the overall change potentially of NXT as as Raj noted I mean, I guess I can see an argument for it because look, I mean, NXT has NXT was great in these last years uh, as being as becoming truly an alternative. You know, I'd always joke with Raj about it being a third brand and what's what's being called up, what have you. But you know, look, it was different than Raw or SmackDown. It didn't have Raw or SmackDown money. It didn't have, uh, but it, it was still a great alternative. It was WWE almost able to manufacture their own little bit of competition in a way of like. They did things their their way, Raw and SmackDown, which obviously is open to a lot of critique. But NXT was able to be that that them doing things differently, but still under the WWE umbrella and the WWE you know bank account. Um, but it seems like whether it's Vince at the end of the day, you think it's Vince, Nick Khan, a group of boardroom people that look at NXT and go, well, it hasn't, it's not bringing enough money for what it costs us to do and what have you. Let's just go back to the basics of it just being a feeder system. Um, I don't know what this does big picture. I don't know what it means for NXT UK. I don't know what it means for Triple H, who always touted, especially pre-pandemic when the media calls to us, his vision to basically have NXT you know, on every continent, essentially, to have an NXT in China, to have one in Japan, to have one in Mexico. That's what he always uh, paraphrased and kind of was you know, leaning towards India. So I don't know what this does for that, for, that global, for that global NXT developmental brand. I don't know what that means, but it certainly feels like we are um, – yeah. history books are going to show this is going to be critical months no matter what happens yeah and it just seemed to me like um you know nxt they have amazing talent on there and uh but always the look of the show like the atmosphere it just always looked of all the major shows every week it looked the most minor league and i'm not talking you i don't think you need leds all over the place like raw and smackdown and on the ring posts and ring apron but you know it it, it definitely looked Especially, you know, before the pandemic, it looked almost worse when they did have people, you know, when they originally had people in the crowd, because they'd only light like the first row. So it looks like there's 30 guys in the, you know, in the arena. And then you, you're watching the competition with AEW and they got, you know, full venues and, and, and the nice lighting and everything. And so I, I always thought it just looked minor league um, and that they just needed to upgrade that atmosphere. But by kind of changing the kind of talent they want, it, it kind of kills what NXT had become over the years. And that is, to Justin's point, like an alternative. An alternative from what you're seeing on Raw and SmackDown. And focus more on in-ring action and not on size and, and looks and, and, and things like that. And so it'll be interesting to see. Well, AEW yeah. definitely didn't help. Sorry, Jack. AEW yeah. definitely didn't help things. And NXT, again, prior to AEW come, coming around, I think that was part of NXT's charm. Again, you know, in the same right. line of it being an alternative, but I always refer to NXT as a studio wrestling on a million-dollar budget to where it had small crowd, an intimate feeling. Um, you felt even closer to the action going on in the ring because it was legitimately in a, in a space that only had a couple hundred people at most. But it had you know far more bells and whistles than the old-fashioned you know studio wrestling here in pittsburgh with bruno san martino uh 45 years ago you know and i thought that was nice. and then it made the takeout take the takeovers even greater when they would step out and then they'd actually go and sell out a barclays center you know so i think that that was a really nice charm to it i think aew came along and yeah, the aew immediately coming out and selling out uh arenas with you know eight ten thousand people yeah, that that made NXT look. Uh, and then I don't know if the pandemic had not hit, would NXT have moved to USA? Would NXT have been on the path to start traveling outside of Florida and trying to eat, trying to do some of the same size arenas that AEW was doing? Could they? Could with the NXT roster, could they have 
you know, move those kind of tickets. I think they could have, but that's always going to be now a hindsight, I guess. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I just, it's WWE's bottom line is is doing record numbers. They they have they stopped touring the last year because of the pandemic. They've they've they're slashing a ton of salaries and talent, uh, you know, salaries, um, record TV deals. But it's all coming at the expense of very bad talent morale right now and and to some extent uh some pr blows yeah as i look at this i was thinking and justin you kind of alluded to it there's been a debate amongst uh people like us about whether or not nxt is developmental or a third brand and i think what, what it looks like to me as someone from the outside not knowing anything that goes on on the inside is that I think maybe internally that was the debate. And I think maybe the people that ran NXT were like, no, we're going to make this a third brand. And now we're seeing the other people saying, no, 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 we don't want it to be a third brand. We want it to be developmental. And instead of trying to be an alternative, you need to focus on feeding SmackDown and raw. And this is what SmackDown and raw needs. And as far as the, uh, you know, the morale and stuff goes, I can only imagine what that does say to everyone who's been there for years, who doesn't fit into the big or under 30 category. And you've got to be asking yourself, well, what does that mean the next round of cuts? Or what does that mean when my contract is up? And I I can't help but think that down the line, this might cause problems when they're trying to re-sign people or, when they're trying to lure in people seeing that this kind of change can happen so quickly and you can, you know, you can move, as you mentioned, move and uproot your family and go to Florida or whatever, and then suddenly be told, Oh, never mind, That's not what we're looking for anymore. Yeah. It, and some of these guys like Ari Sterling, he wasn't there long, you know, um, Jake Atlas wasn't there that long. So, you know, making that move and then you're cut relatively quickly. That's um uh, I mean, it's something. And, you know, to your point, uh, Justin, with morale, I mean, Vince literally on the investors call said, perhaps we can give AEW more talent. And I thought like he misspoke when he said that line. And then right after that, Bray Wyatt's cut, Ric Flair's released. uh, And now, you know, 13 NXT talents. So I, I can only imagine what talent are thinking when they hear something like that and they see what happens after. It almost seems like, Raj, now we look at all this, how the last six, seven years have played out. It almost seems like NXT did start out as developmental. That's obvious. That, that's an obvious. It started out as that. And then it almost feels like somewhere along the way, you know, acquisitions of guys like Samoa Joe and and, and, and a lot of guys. Finn Balor. Yeah, just guys yeah. that had, had reputations prior uh, who, you know, Triple H and the company, could I even see, okay, maybe this guy's not going to be an immediate hit on Raw or SmackDown. It almost seems like NXT over like basically outdid the expectations and and morphed into its own brand and maybe that wasn't the and it morphed into its own brand that's fine and then now we've gotten to a point to where if wb truly is in this place where they if if vince truly does see okay somewhere in the next 36 months we are going to sell this company to an nbcu or a disney or whomever it almost seems like all right well that whole nxt becoming this great alternative third brand was fine a couple years ago but now if i need to if i need to tighten things up a non-wrestling buyer isn't going to understand the value of, of me creating this alternative. They just want me to put, you know, like they, they just, I almost wonder if NXT was fine, but it, it, it did better in its expectations. And then now the, the corporate goal has changed. And, and unfortunately, sorry, Hunter, you're, you're, this thing is, we don't need this anymore. We, we need it to, to, to feed. We don't need it to be a self-sustaining third brand. We need it to feed our top two brands where the big money TV deals are. And I wonder if, you know, them losing to AEW, you know, hurt it. 
in, in Vince's eyes with what he saw. And, uh, you know, Nick Khan's eyes, I mean, they, they were getting asked about it on investor calls. And, and Vince would say, oh, well, yeah, that's our developmental system, you know, like kind of kind of downplaying it, downplay yeah. NXT. And even in their reports, you never see NXT, like the revenue that's bringing in or anything like that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. I don't know. I, it, it just seems like there's so much money with TV deals. Like it makes sense to have a third successful TV show. And to do that, just make the changes that you need to make to make it more major league and do what you will with it. And there, there's the potential for, you know, more more money. The next takeover is in two weeks. How do you think that Triple H media call is going to go that week? Up to <laughs> oh, I wonder if they just nix it right that, off the bat. <laughs> but that makes me wonder, too, like, because these are such sweeping changes. It, it's, it was getting, like, I believe before Sci-Fi, like 700,000 views a week. Uh, if If that's the case, like, it seems like wouldn't it make sense to make this like a slow transition, sort of test the waters before, like, what if they make this change and then now it drops to three hundred thousand and it's too late to switch back? You know what I mean? Like, this seems like something you have these resources. Why not just slowly change it and see how things are working instead of making this grand change that you can't really undo? Because I think a lot of these people aren't wouldn't resign even if they change their mind and want them to come back at this point. Oh, well. Money talks. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, but but even then, if you sign the contract, you might just be a budget cut casualty oh, down sure. the road. So I mean, that's we've seen like, that with Gallows and Anderson and Maria Canal, all these people who re-signed for these big deals, Lana, and then they're just cut shortly, you know, right after. It doesn't. So they got paid well for that short period of time after they re-signed, and then then boom. Uh, real quick, I just want to yeah. say uh, thank you to Hojo Togo Bolinski for the the super chat. Yeah. And... Also, just to catch up real quick, we also had stellar Justin Lopez with a uh, peacemaker. What a joke uh, comment in the chat as well as a super oh, chat. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, but then best in the oh, world, be- uh, best in the smokers world. Uh, these cuts are due to oversaturation of wrestling. Look at how many more people are on the roster now compared to 20 years ago. Quality over quantity needs to be the philosophy. These cuts were needed to improve the product. So, I, so here's my problem. with that. I don't believe in that. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You have, they're repeating matches over and over on Raw. What if you had um, Sheamus versus Jake Atlas, you know, or... uh, Kona Reeves or whoever. Yeah, exactly. You mix up the matches. You can still keep your Damian Priest-Sheamus feud going, but they don't have to be involved in the same match every week. Um, I just think it just feels like there's 15 guys on Raw right now when... um, when they do have a ton of talent that they can be using and, 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 you know, moving in and out. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly what I was going to say. If you have this many repeated matches, it's hard to say that there's oversaturation or there's too many guys when we're not seeing any of them. Uh, But, uh, but there was one guy who uh, stood out amongst everyone who wasn't let go uh, and it was Adam Cole, and he had a meeting with Vince McMahon on Friday and uh, on uh, Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Inc. exclusively reported that Cole's contract will expire this month after SummerSlam. Cole had a meeting with McMahon a few hours before this past Friday's SmackDown. Meltzer noted that writers have been told to write main roster storylines for Cole. Since his debut in 2017, Cole has spent the majority of his time in WWE on the NXT brand. Uh and Justin, we'll start with you on this. I, but I want to say this is kind of what I was alluding to. If you're Adam Cole and you're seeing that they're saying 
we don't want smaller guys who are uh, 30 and over while you just saw guys who have been signed recently get cut. How do you justify re-signing with the company? It seems like that wouldn't make sense. I mean, obviously enough zeros on the contract change things, but you know, like, well, they don't want to get the guys 30 yeah. and, and over in developmental. Starting. Yeah. Right. Starting. And that's, and that's the difference. Uh, you know, Adam Cole's in his early thirties. Um, but he's not, you know, if, if in fact, like I said last week, he has the most potentially the most leverage he's ever had, you know, because, right. you know, he's able to move quickly because of the contract situation. Uh, they at least need to finish business out on NXT with him. Uh, and then you, of course, have this competitor in AEW, which you know he would they would open a spot up for him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he has a leverage. Now, it's very possible Vince can look at him and go, ah, you know, go, yeah, go ahead, you know, be one more, be one more expense on the other guy's thing. I, I, the, you know, whatever. Um, but I do think, again, he, He's not, you know, he is somebody who his NXT days would, I think regardless, his NXT days are almost done. <laughs> whether he goes to AEW or whether he goes to Raw SmackDown, his NXT days are almost done. Um, I, I, you know, I do think he is a guy who I, I do think this is a situation where a Triple H or a Shawn Michaels or some of the people that are involved in NXT and that have been around Vince for a lot of years could say, look, um, this is somebody who, you know, talented in the ring, good person out of the ring, character matters, locker room leadership matters. And, 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 you know, let, let's let's try to hold on to this. This is not one we want the competition to have. I do think that's possible in this situation. We'll have to see how it plays out. I'm not going to make, make a prediction here, but I will. Uh, the only prediction I'll make is his NXT days are numbered regardless. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for them to have a, a loser leaves town step with his match with uh, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, at, at TakeOver. Because it, it seems like it needs some sort of blow-off step uh, because they've done that match so many times. And here's the other thing is that again he's in his early thirties he's in his early thirties he's in great shape he he's a he's a again, good person lives a good lifestyle it's not like he's on the the you know highway to hell here my opinion if I was his advisor is if you really are getting a big money biggest money you've ever been offered in your life and he's been a WWE fan his whole life Shawn Michaels was a guy he he loved to be you know that was that's who, that was his favorite wrestler growing up. If you have the opportunity right now to sign that biggest deal ever and be told we're going to have main roster storylines on Raw and or SmackDown for you, um, sure, he could be cut in six months or sooner or what have you. Take the money and run while you can. Try to impress the old man while you can. Because here's the thing. Even if you only get six or 12 months in and they don't, they don't see it all the way through and they fumble it on their own account, you know you have a spot at the other company that may not be able to pay you as much as this contract, but they're going to still be able. They're still going to pay you nicely, and they're going to welcome you with open and creative arms. So, again, he has a tremendous leverage situation right now. It does sound like it does kind of sound like a he's leaning towards WWE um, mm-hmm. and staying. And, uh, you know, again, you know, we'll have to see how he's used. How many, how many times do we see guys come up from NXT and they seem like they're given something for a few weeks and then they just kind of, they get beat right away and then they just kind of, you know, lose their momentum and then they're just another guy on the roster. We've seen it over and over. The only guy, uh, from NXT who wasn't a name before that I could think of who looked like they were actually getting a push was Lars Sullivan. And, you know, he was huge. Um, Mm -hmm. Then he got injured and had everything happen. But other than that, NXT guys become just another guy on the show pretty quickly. 
And let it be on the record as Adam Cole's business advisor. I'm also asking if he's going to go ahead and take that contract, work the clause in the stipulation that you get your original Undisputed Era music back as your music yes. for your yes. Raw or SmackDown. The music was perfect. It it was hyped. It sounded good. It fit the whole boom. The boom. It fit the baby. It fit it all. It was marketing gold. Get demand if Jeff Hardy can get his nonsense back, you can get yours back. It's the song that Busted Open uses every single every single week, which I'm on every single Friday, by the way. And we're doing a live appearance in Pittsburgh this Thursday. Adam Cole, get that clause in the contract, please. Yeah, absolutely. The only problem I had with that song is it would be in the, my head the rest of the night. But yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it's a, it's a badass song. So I, I agree. I, uh, I would listen to it when I'm working out, and it bummed me out because you don't like. I'd always expect the boom when you're listening to it on Spotify, but you've got to do the boom yourself <laughs> to, make it, to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel Cook says, with the amount of releases, we're going to keep seeing the same matches. During its peak, NXT TakeOver meant so much to fans. Very frustrating. My favorite period for NXT was before they went on USA. When uh, when they were a one-hour show, you had the Demon with Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I don't know. It, it was it, That's when it really felt... It, it looked fine that it wasn't uh, Major League then because it wasn't supposed to be. And then once they tried to become a Major League brand... You gotta, you gotta improve that. Yeah, and uh, Jacks in the chat says a best friend of mine, an indie wrestler for Championship Wrestling from Arizona, told me yesterday his dream goal is still WWE. To me, why seems like jail for talents now? I mean, look, I would say, look, don't get it confused. All this stuff, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, WWE is still the big show. It's still the big game in town. Uh, for as as much as we say this stuff, that's. The dream is still WrestleMania, I think, for everybody. Um, yeah, so, there's probably more yeah. people making over a million dollars in wrestling in WWE than everywhere else combined. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, pretty fair to say. Yeah, and Jax, I can say, I mean, look, you know, working with a, a wrestling company here in Pittsburgh that's produced a lot of talent that's in WWE and AEW right now, I can say this. I mean, you want to just go and work. So you want to work. So that people, you know, wrestlers love the AEW and Impact, or they love any company thriving. But the reality is right now, Every wrestler right now at, at its current time, when they grew up, they grew up. Their memories weren't of AEW. Mm-hmm. Their memories weren't. Their memories were of WWE. It was of WrestleMania. It was the first time they saw that. So, while you can still want to go elsewhere and and thrive and have creative opportunities, there's it's hard to take away from somebody, especially in pro wrestling. You're you, you put all the blood, sweat, and tears of training and all the dues you pay. You ha- have a mindset of yeah, I see what's going on here. How 19 of 20 people just got cut here. But I could be that that twentieth. There's that mm-hmm. mindset of it, it's it's that mindset you've heard every veteran say. If you don't get in the business w- without any other expectation other than to main event and become world champion, get the hell out. Yeah. It's that mindset, and you and you don't ever want to fault a guy or girl for keeping that mindset. So that's the mindset is yeah, I see a lot of people are expendable over here, but I'm that one that can't be. So I, I don't understand, or I don't um I I I I I, I don't fault your best friend i understand why you you don't understand but i don't fault your best friend for having that mindset it's a good mindset to have still yeah and to your point again i think a lot of people forget this is a job for a lot of people i mean people love it it's a passion but at the end of the day if someone's gonna pay you money to do your job you got you gotta take it you know uh like i love aw too but again if 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 mlw calls you should answer the phone if you know nwa calls you should answer the phone if you're a wrestler and you don't have a, a contract whoever calls you should answer the phone because 
you know, just like if you're looking for work and you're in the fast food industry, you don't care if it's uh, McDonald's or Burger King or whatever. It's who's paying you. That's Raj, the, Raj Geary called us all three or three. Eric, could I answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's... laughs> and, and Justin, to your point with, you know, with you kind of, you know, so many of these guys grew up on WWF because WCW was probably before their time. And, you know, the, the thing you grow up on and you're a huge fan of it, just, you just kind of naturally gravitate to it. I mean, I, you know, when, when I was younger, you know, I, I was like, ah, it'd be cool to work with WWE or work on their website or, you know, so, something involved uh, with them. Obviously, as I got older, it's like, I don't know way in hell. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there is just that that thing with growing up with something. If you're a big Star Wars fan and if you get a, got a chance to to be in one of their shows as opposed to another acting gig, I, I think a lot of people would take it just from those memories. Yeah, I'd say using the Star Wars analogy is great because even if you're not a fan of the new movies, you'd still be like, well, it's still Star Wars. If I get to play a Sith or a Jedi, I'm going to do it or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, lots of interesting stuff. I think we're going to be we're all going to be looking at WrestlingInc.com, which, by the way, shouted out by the Young Bucks thinking uh, oh, yeah. of, uh, of, uh, of AEW. That was kind of cool of them to do. Uh, they know where the best news site is, there right? That's where you go. Yeah, thank, thanks to the Young Bucks on BTE. <laughs> in, yeah, I guess it's in the first few few seconds. Yeah, so check it out there. Also, keep your eyes peeled on WrestlingInc.com for all the all the, the news, really. Yeah, and there's this report, Andrew Zarian, saying uh, some people with the USA not happy with the, the changes that are proposed with NXT. Um, obviously, you want to keep your TV partners happy. You know, Fox, they got their streaming service coming. Uh, it's Tubi. It's already there, but they're making a big push for it uh, this fall. All the media I've been seeing, they're not even mentioning WWE, you know, when they're talking about potential programming and things like that. So it's an interesting time. It's a really interesting time in the business. So, yeah, definitely a good time to be following. Um, but uh, also, thank you. While we're talking about following wrestling, following the show, thank you guys so much for being in the chat with us live. Thank you for all your comments there. Thank you for everyone watching on YouTube afterwards. Uh, remember to like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Five star reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts as well. You're all appreciated. Thank you so much. Let's get into the show. You guys ready to talk about some uh, some raw? You guys are so pumped. I'm excited. <laughs> there was, uh, you know. I thought there was some good. There was some good stuff on the show. Yeah, there were there were some moments. I, I think uh, like a lot of them, there, it's a roller coaster ride. But I think the biggest moment, the biggest thing, Randy Orton's back, and uh, I think no one was more excited to see him back than Matt Riddle. We start off the show with them coming out, and I love that Randy Orton says, "What makes you think I'd want to team with you again?" While he's wearing an RK Bro T-shirt or sweatshirt. Um, and uh, they, they tease whether or not they're going to be a team, but then we get the tag team champions coming out, and they have words. Uh, Justin, let's start with you. How did you like this opening segment? I, I thought this was one of the best opening segments that Raw has had in a while. Uh, and, of course, it's, it's, it's aided by the fact that we haven't seen Randy Orton in seven weeks and the fact that his disappearance kind of was abrupt ends. It still is mysterious. But that said... Um, you know, look, the, the dialogue was entertaining between he and Riddle. They got right to it. I mean, Randy didn't even start with a bunch of fluff. He, like, said hello, and then Riddle comes out. So, like, we got right to it. Dialogue's entertaining. Um, this is the first time, I believe, because he's been gone for seven weeks, the first time the live audience has gotten the RK Bro. Mm -hmm. So, 
oh, yeah. the audience, you know, the audience was feeling it. There was, there, uh, we'll talk about it later. There, you can hear or feel some, uh, you know, manipulated sound at times, but this felt organic. The crowd was behind this; they were into this. The dialogue was good, and then here comes Styles and Omos. And, you know, I thought that dialogue of Styles kind of saying, you know, look at the legend killer, Apex Predator, and, oh, it's a broken heart. You know, that's what does it for Matt. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was really good, just simple. It kind of caught us up. This is a story that was, <clears throat> excuse me, at the beginning of the summer, we were kind of heading this direction of these two teams, I thought. And then, again, Randy's disappearance, I don't know what that's about, but whatever that detour was, this was a way to kind of really pick that back up, get us in place. And I thought this was good. And then almost, you know, not being able to be RKO'd and given a brutal choke slam to Riddle, I thought this was a really strong open. So this actually got me excited for the rest of the show because I'm a big RK bro fan and I continue to be and I like this. So. Yeah, I think AJ Styles, to your point, you know, we call him an antagonist. No one antagonizes quite like AJ Styles. He's just got a way of doing it. But to your point, I love that both of them tried for RKOs but weren't able to hit them. And it was this the the tent like the tension that they made throughout this while also still being fun, I thought was really well done. Uh Raj, what was your take on this opening segment? Yeah, I agree with Justin. I thought this was one of the best opening segments they've had in a long time. Um having the fans there, Orton coming back. I thought AJ was great. Um he is just He's he's such a good talker, which is funny because one of the knocks against him in TNA back in the day was that he can't talk, so that's why he'll never make it to WWE. And now he's one of the best guys on the brand. So, um, yeah, I, I liked everything about this. I think we'll get to the rest of the show later, but if, if you took uh, – there's like three things on this show. I think if you took them, it would have been a very entertaining show. The rest just kind of felt like what we've been seeing week after week. But this was this was really good. And, yeah, I, I mean, RK-Bro versus Omos and AJ at SummerSlam, they they don't have as much time for SummerSlam as, you know, they got kind of a hard out that they have to hit. And so it's and it's starting to, you know, pile up. So I don't know if they'll do it at SummerSlam, but that, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I Real don't quick. think they're hitting the hard out. But just real, can I, real quick, because I just want to drop this piece of irony in. We had because we've had a great first half hour conversation about the NXT and World Developmental. How ironic is it? Again, back to what we said. NXT, when it maybe surpassed expectations, uh, got such a life out of acquiring talent that were worldwide known, and maybe even the talent that got to keep some, you know, some semblance of their name. And the one talent that really didn't that. Went right past NXT, right to the Royal Rumble, was AJ Styles, who got to keep his name, as Raj just talked about, really evolved and is 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 a far more complete package, AJ Styles, than what was always deemed as him pre-WWE. It's just interesting to me that he's the one that went past NXT, right to Royal Rumble. They put the immediate investment in. He, he never was ever wrestling main event. I mean, I mean yeah. the, the TV show, not the yeah. card status. He was never relegated to that. Vince and the main roster has always given a full investment to AJ Styles. He's never really wavered. How interesting that's the case, and he still is in the position he's in now, and he never had to do the NXT tour. Right. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. I, I think this is my, my theory on that, and I, I've never met him. I don't know. So this is just a wild, reckless speculation thing, but... I think because he's traveled the world and he's been to so many places, he's just learned to talk to promoters and he's learned how to convince them to let him do things his way over the years, as opposed to the people 
who learn everything in NXT and just kind of are told not that all of them, not that like, like obviously Finn Balor, you know, has been around and stuff like that. But I think AJ just learned through his time traveling the world that how to deal with guys who are promoters and speak to a promoter, the way like a Vince. No, I mean, there's only one Vince, but you know what I mean? Like someone who's in that role to get what he wants. And I think he just knew how to do it from his time around the world. Yeah, and one thing that's interesting with NXT is uh, outside of the women, um, is how many guys have come from NXT to the main roster in the past few years that were truly NXT that weren't in New Japan before ROH or Impact. There really haven't been that many. Uh, I'm, I'm like trying to think of anyone. Um, were the Street Profits? Uh, were they? No, they... the Street Profits. That's a good one. Uh, well, you know, Elias, who actually has a, a segment tonight. You know, Elias was here in IWC with us in Pittsburgh, yeah, pretty much in our region, and then went, uh, then went to NXT. Was a drifter, and that was that, and then he went to the main roster. I mean, so he really didn't have any other. But, and he's one. But who, he's been there for a long time now, well, right? Well, like, but he's one who, while he's kind of you know wavering right now, he's yeah. a guy who got to do WrestleMania segments of Cena, Taker, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, he's he he. So again, it's kind of like. You know something that's very an old adage. If if WWE gets to kind of homegrown you, mm-hmm. you got a better shot. Versus, you know, again, that's what AJ Styles kind of surpassed was the, oh you had oh you were a world champion in TNA, you were world champion in New Japan. Oh well, back to the bottom, kid. No, no, yeah. they actually allowed him to go pretty much straight to the top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kayla Mick in the chat says, can't remember if Gable Stevenson signed with WWE. I know he's been at pay-per-views with Steph. Can't wait to see him uh, uh, one day. He has not signed with WWE. Um, but he definitely wants to be there if, you know, once he's, um, you know, weighed his options and once he's ready to stop with the amateur wrestling. But he'll end up there at some point. Probably. It seems like that's going to happen. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez says, I'm fully expecting Orton and Riddle to double RKO Omos at SummerSlam. Uh I think people would love that, but we'll see if it happens. That would be cool. I, I don't see them beating Omos, but um, I, I could see him taking that. I could, uh, I could see them pinning AJ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But not, yeah. yeah. Um, we have a, uh, a a quick segment, or um, you know what? Let's let's talk about uh, before we talk about it. Let's talk about our sponsor. Today. Let's talk about Keeps. Keeps. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss, but it doesn't have to be that way. With the help of Keeps, Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home and low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month. And Keep offers generic versions with discrete packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Remember, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com slash inc to receive your first month of treatment for free that's keeps.com slash inc to get your first month free keeps.com slash inc and now can i just say first yeah. off this is a great product and it's a great it, this is a great objective because look many of us need a little love i just want to say i love jack farmer jack with his head of hair <laughs> doing this 
it's it's like a porn star doing a blue chew ad. <laughs> what? Well, well, whiskey whiskey tango foxtrot. Come on, Jack. You're just slapping me in my bald shiny head. Look, this this doesn't happen naturally. You need the help of keeps to make sure it stays this way. This is uh that's how it works. Yeah, I'm in my mid 40s. I got my keeps bottle right here. I've been using it for years, and it's been working. I mean, so I got my full full head of hair. Um, that looks beautiful. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's I, absolutely amazing. Easy well, to manage. <laughs> yeah, it was probably like five, six years ago. I noticed my, you know, uh, starting to lose a little bit of hair, and I jumped right on it. The sooner you do it, the better. And uh, I've been using it since, and it, it it's been working great. Yeah, as I say, prevention's the key. So if you feel like maybe it's time, you better start now because it does take, as they say, four to six months to see results. Act fast. Um, you know, speaking of someone maybe should try out some keeps, if I could be so bold as to say, we had Baron Corbin show up on Raw this week, uh, which is kind of a weird thing to do, uh, as we talked about earlier when we're saying that we can get rid of people and now you're bringing someone over from SmackDown who's also acting like they don't have any money felt like a weirdly timed thing to do but hey it's a new matchup we haven't seen recently so it was new kind of a win there uh raj we'll start with you uh, i kind of feel like drew came off like a jerk in this though <laughs> i did too he came off as like like a complete prick um corbin i he's he's been entertaining the hell out of me with this character. I think he's yeah. been, he's been playing it great. Um, a lot of it doesn't make any sense, but you know, whatever, like he said, he went, he stopped getting paid money after he lost his crown, which was like, what? you don't <laughs> wrestle for free. No, everyone knows that. But, uh, yeah, I thought, I think he's been playing it great. Drew did come up across as a total prick. I thought, um, yeah. but the crowd was with him. So it worked. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> I, I, this was another thing I liked on the show. I thought it, it was new. It was different. I don't like, you know, they, they do the brand invitational. That's their that's their way to move talent around. Um, but whatever. Outside of that, I, I, I do like Corbin's gimmick, and, and I thought this was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> you know, I like the dedication of Corbin. He's growing the hair out. Uh, he's got <laughs> his yeah. shirt's wrinkly as hell. It's got like a piss stain down the side of it. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Stop mentioning you've lost your crown. Tell me you lost your house, your wife, your right. kids, your everything else. Don't tell me you lost your crown. That immediately takes me out of it. But this <laughs> this feels like one of those. Um, uh, let's see if he can do it. And he's kind of you. You just do it. You just own it. And uh, yeah, I, I, this is you know for a guy who's been the uh, who it was Constable Corbin. You know the guy who was basically the face of the authority at one point, and then he was King Corbin for a guy who's had gimmicks. And I think Baron Corbin is really good. He's a guy who's mm -hmm. he gets shit on by internet fans as being bad, but he's actually extremely athletic for his size and can do some some cool sequences. Um, I think for all that being said, he's had some he's been strapped to some bad booking situations. This is a this is a good showing by him of just owning it. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> during the match, I'm like kind of wanting him to win. I'm feeling yeah, um, like he's playing it well enough that I'm feeling bad for the guy. Then I thought Drew was just bringing a total prick. I was hoping, I knew he wasn't going to, but by the end, I was rooting for Baron. I, I want Baron Corbin just to like 
rob Cameron Grimes at gunpoint and I'll take his fortune. <laughs> and like all of a sudden he's back in the riches and he's right. back to being arrogant Baron Corbin. That's what I want. Well, the the name they have a uh, trademark for him is Happy Corbin. So eventually this goes there somehow. Happy unless Corbin. they drop it, unless they drop that aspect of it. That's the worst name I've ever heard. But I I think Baron Corbin is Jack Happy Farmer is where Jack I want. <laughs> Baron Corbin is so underappreciated. I think he's one of those guys that once his time is done, we're all going to look back and be like, we should have given him some more respect because he does take everything and just runs with it and. Yeah, I'm with you, Raj. I was kind of rooting for him. And then, again, maybe it's because Drew even doubled down halfway through. He's like, how much money do you need? Uh, how about I kick you instead? Like, <laughs> like, it's like, like what, what a prick. Yeah, like, I imagine, like, what if this was, like, a, a homeless person asking for change? And he was like, how much money do you need? Bye. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really Ted DiBiase here. The yeah. old school WWE production would have Corbin posing as a homeless person outside of these arenas sitting with like cardboard and a sharpie asking these fans for something like i mean come on where, where's our creativity at yeah have him bumming rides from fans and <laughs> there's a lot of ways uber, you uber, uber or lyft this is a great corporate sponsorship possibility here of like yeah. seeing him go from the talent hotel that's two blocks away and having him uber himself over you know who used to always get rides with fans it was uh owen hart and no he way, would like, really? Yeah, he would stay at fans' houses just because he was cheap. He didn't want to spend money. So, <laughs> Well, the Japanese wrestlers do that too, but they call the fans sponsors. They used to like, uh, <laughs> take me off to dinner. Let me sleep in your hotel. Yeah. Um, this whole thing ended, I just want to mention, uh, one last time, Jinder comes out to try to uh, attack uh, Drew McIntyre again. And again, he pulls out the sword. And I was just thinking... When are you going to learn, Jinder? He always has the sword. Like, why are you even coming out at this point? You know he's going to point the sword at you. I don't know if there's anything to that. I just... I'm not a fan of the sword. It's kind of murdery. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it either. It feels... I don't like the little rock he puts it in. I don't like the... I love Drew McIntyre. I just want him to go back to his sleeveless, like, leather vest thing. and. Yeah, they're trying to braveheart him too much. And it's like, he's just... Just leave him how he is. He's he's good as good on his own. He you don't need to turn him into a stereotype or a character. You know yeah. what? Drew stuck it out. He was like the lead of the company for the pandemic. Give him some time off. I think yeah. a little bit of absence might make our hearts grow fonder. Yeah. I actually agree with that one. Like if he was gone for just like a little bit, of, I think not even that long, but I think he's gone for a little bit, and then you get that his music hits and it surprises everybody. I think that'd be great. Uh, Jax in the chat says, uh, Labar, at least you're saving on shampoo. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, you know what? You know what me and Raj have to spend on shampoo, Justin? It's it's insane. It's too much. <laughs> Once again, Jack, you're like a porn star hawking blue chew. Hey, oh, never... do you know what size condoms I got to shell out money for? Shut the F you know... up, Jack. <laughs> You know how often I have to buy them? It's just... Take you and your high-volume hair and shove it. I have to buy them in bulk. It's crazy. You and, you and all your bounce that just can't be contained. You go to Costco to keep getting big buckets of them. Just yeah. can't be contained in your third of the screen with your bounce hair. Good Lord. As, so as, as some beautiful blonde sits off camera and is just sketching a picture of your hair. It's just ready to whisper sweet nothings about 
the volume of your hair and your wrestling vernacular. I mean, there's two of them, but close. Oh, my God. <laughs> Raj, uh, fire this guy. Please. It's depressing. Uh, well, uh, move, <laughs> moving on, uh, we're going to move on to uh, to Karen Cross versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, so Cross comes out. He gets his win back from uh, from Jeff Hardy here. So now at this point, he's at 50-50, I think, with his win-loss percentage. For some reason, I'm very interested in keeping track of Karen Cross's win-loss record. Uh, Me but too. But <laughs> he, he gets the win. Um, and my, they didn't bring up Keith Lee at all in that little side quest he was on for two weeks but he gets the win he chokes out jeff hardy again uh justin we'll start with you did his loss and all that stuff before matter i felt like the crowd was really booing him after he attacked jeff hardy does this kind of make up for everything that happened well on tv it sounded like this all connected i i do know they they have manufactured some sound so i i don't know uh i know from people I have who i have uh exchanged with that were there tonight they did say things like RK Bro was legit over. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I don't know Cross specifically if his reaction and sound was manufactured or if that was legit. I will say that based upon tonight, tonight felt the most like this is how Cross's Raw tenure should start. Match is still a little bit long than what it should be for the NXT World Champion and for the way he's been protected. But based upon the loss to Hardy weeks ago and then the law or, or, or uh, and then the you know the match against. Lee, um, yeah, I don't know. I, the, I mean, it's good, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if they've learned. It. I'm curious if they heard the backlash in the last couple of weeks. You know, I heard rumor that maybe the original idea was for Cross to lose, 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 and then Scarlet comes in and, and she's the magic that gets him on track. I don't know. I'm not going to get too excited. I'm going to wait and see how this happens, but. Tonight, at least, was a step in the right direction, which was him not losing. So we'll see. Yeah, Raj, any uh, any thoughts on his this fifty fifty champion? He he lost last week, right? Yeah, carrying cross. Yeah, and Keith he Lee. beat Keith Lee the week week before. Lost last week. Yeah. So yeah, he's literally fifty. So he's two and two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and one and one against Keith Lee, one and one against Jeff Hardy. Um, I mean, if this was his debut, um, that's one thing. Like, but now. Again, you you got your NXT champion whose gimmick is he's this unstoppable monster who's already lost every other week. Um, just doesn't feel special. And um, well, he's unstoppable to the thirties and the midgets in NXT. Not right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And uh, and and he, he's heading into arguably the biggest NXT title match in probably years. Right. Um, so, Raj, yeah. what do you do? This. You know, we saw Asuka never lose in NXT, and then she never lost the title, and then just randomly comes to Raw. Yeah. And uh, whoever, she, whoever she took on, I was there. It was TLC in Minneapolis. Yeah, uh, uh, Ember Moon. Uh, no, no, it was uh, Emma. Emmalina, right? Because Emma was like, released. Well, anyways, yeah. I think it was. it was. Whoever she faced was released shortly after. My point being, we've never seen an NXT champion come to the main roster and matter so much. This does. How do you book the Karrion Cross departure from NXT at this point? Like, I honestly thought he was going to be the next one that would be undefeated. Like They don't ever beat him, and they just bring him to the main roster because they don't want him losing. Now it doesn't matter. Um, so you, you might as well get beaten by Samoa Joe, you know? <laughs> 
yeah, it feels like that's what's going to happen is Joe's going to beat him and then Cross will be on his way, which is mm-hmm. kind of unfortunate because it sort of shows the hand of TakeOver pretty early. But and Joe, Joe's victory know. just isn't that impressive. I just don't know why they didn't wait to do this Cross stuff after he dropped the NXT title. I mean, what's the point of doing it now? It just, you know, again, it just hurts your own brand. And I know it's weird with Vince and NXT. There's something weird there. And um, I don't know. I don't think it's weird. I think it's Vince does one thing. Triple H has his own little microcosm company that he's doing. That's getting a lot of fanfare. And Vince is still in control. And I think there's, I think, I, I don't know. I just... It just feels like he does not like... There, there has to be a power struggle somewhere. Yeah, it just feels like he, he goes out of his way to make NXT not look strong, if you know if that makes sense. Um, there has to be a power struggle, and nobody's going to go on the record and say it. I don't blame them, no. but there has to be a power struggle somewhere. Yeah, because it, it, it does seem like... I, it is weird. I, I this it, With the way... Keith Lee and Karrion uh, Cross have been used. It's very hard not to feel like there's something there, Justin, to your point about it, there being a power struggle or something, because it's 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 just hard to deny at this point that there's something happening with the people who yeah. come up from there. Six years ago, NXT starts to evolve and become something that, again, surpasses expectations. Oh, great. You know, we're on a timeline of let's prove myself in NXT, and then I'll be able to move myself to... And 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 Vince, who's an android who doesn't sleep, and he's he, you know he's he's he just he, he's gonna live forever. He, he's this crazy work ethic. Here he is, almost eighty years old, and he's it looks like he's architecting a sale. <laughs> it's what right. it looks like. Right. I, I just and you know to someone like NBCU, what did UFC sell for? It was like four four point something billion. Um. Yeah. NBCU, they're paying almost half a billion now a year on WWE. So, you know, if they got the same, if WWE got the same price as UFC, four billion, NBC would, you know, make out, make out after yeah. eight years. Um, or no, wait. Um, well, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, if they got SmackDown back, it's even. You see more value, and even even much faster than that. So, basically, NBC NBC is so far deep, they might as well just go the whole way. Is at right. this point, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that is I, that's I think the story that we're all waiting to see written up on Wrestling Inc. Um, uh, Alejandro uh, says, "I feel they should have given Nikki the push when she had her sanity character, rather than this whole superhero gimmick." Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk a bit about. Uh, about her in a little bit uh for now real quick i want to chat about uh just a small randy orton matt riddle video with uh i want to be your best friend i thought it was fun it felt kind of aew-ish to be totally honest this little music video of their friendship uh real quick any quick thoughts on uh on the little music video halfway through the show i loved it it, it was Surprise. funny. It, kind of, it, it reminded me of uh, remember the main event, uh, the Friday night main event where Hogan and Macho Man broke up, and they had their little friendship video before that. Except that was serious. This is obviously tongue and cheek comedy, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was funny. I would have liked the Queen. You're my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Well, you know who else is? You know who is best friends though? Eva Marie and Dewdrop, and they had a match against Alexa Bliss. Oh, God. Uh, so <laughs> to, to start this, I thought it started great. 
I, I, I'll just, I thought it was, it told a great story of bliss was being cr just creepy, not magic, but creepy to start. Dewdrop is the talented sort of enforcer. Bliss wants to get to Eva. Eva's hiding behind Dewdrop. I thought it was great. And then the magic happened. <laughs> and I we see a wink, and I said out loud to myself, Oh Lord. <laughs> it was the words I said. Uh Raj. Uh... <laughs> you don't even need to ask me. You know. I hated it. it was, I thought it was the dumbest thing since last week. <laughs> they, they did whatever they did last week. I like Alexa Bliss. I think she's talented. I mean, the fans started chanting, we want Wyatt during this match. Uh, I think that's, it's a little, I feel bad for Alexa because it's not her fault, you know, that first that WWE kind of put the Bray Wyatt gimmick on her and second that they re released Bray. Um, I know a lot of fans were talking about how uh, WWE might have kind of accidentally spurred this on because you know how if you go to a TV taping, they show all the promo videos, you know, during commercial breaks. And apparently they showed a Peacock WWE Network thing. And in that promo, you see Austin and McFoley talking about the, the Fiend character, the Bray Wyatt character. And so fans pop for that. And this was before Alexa Bliss. So uh, they kind of already kind of put him in the mood to chant for Wyatt. But I don't know if you guys saw uh, Bray Wyatt's uh, Twitter tonight. But he posted a really creepy photo. And apparently he was supposed to return tonight. This was supposed to be the night that he returned. So I wonder if that was his kind of his new look or the basis for his new look. He posted that post, and then uh, Jason Baker, who has been instrumental behind all of his Fiend stuff, all the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse um, creative and horror stuff, uh, Pittsburgh-based uh, horror guy, he posted a very cryptic video, but it was, if you watch it, very clearly linked to Bray Wyatt. So, yeah, tonight was supposed to be a big night, it seems, in the WWE creative world, Bray and the Fiend. That obviously didn't happen. Yeah, as far as the the we want Wyatt chance, like I, I feel like fans should know. I don't think that's doing what they think it's doing. I think it all it does is is hurt Alexa Bliss. As Roger said, it has nothing to do with all this. Uh, I so I, I feel like if if you if you want to send a message that you like the fiend, like I don't think it. I, I don't think kind of pouring it on during Alexa Bliss's match is the best way to do it. I think that she's kind of a an innocent victim in this situation personally, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I agree. But uh, moving on, we have a, kind of a, a mix of stuff happened. We have a backstage segment with Seamus, Miz and Morrison. And I thought it was a fun uh, bad guys hanging out backstage and uh, almost not getting along uh, before they get into their matches. And we have a pair of matches, Ricochet versus Sheamus, and Sheamus wins before getting into Morrison versus Priest, which Priest wins. Um, Justin, I like Ricochet, but somewhere there's some poor guy working at WWE 2K that has to keep changing his outfits because he keeps coming out with new ones. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's trying to find the, the, the Ricochet of 2021. Um <laughs> No, look, you know, I mean, I've been hard on this guy. And mind you, I mean, I was a fan of him on the Indies as Ricochet. I was a fan. I saw him in person, up close and personal, at Lucha Underground as uh, Prince Puma. Uh, this is a talented, athletic guy. And I think if given a character and the bells and whistles that Lucha Underground did, he, he can work. 
Uh, I don't feel like he as Ricochet in the WWE world is, <laughs> excuse me, as, as it just, I, I've said it before, he just moves like a stuntman, but he sounds like a stuntman. He's just not a convincing promo. Um, I like this match with Sheamus. It was a very good match. It might have been the best, mm-hmm. best match of the night. I mean, it might have argued with Randy and AJ for the main event uh, in terms of really exciting. But, yeah, it just, you know, uh, Ricochet. I guess at this point, just be happy he's not cut. I, I just I don't feel like – I feel like we've we've hit the ceiling with Ricochet. That's where we're at. Well, they, they have him slotted in a certain spot, and you know where it is. You knew he wasn't going to win here, or if he did, it, it's non-title. He's not going to eventually win the title. Um, and uh, I don't know. You know, again, this, if, if you're looking at it just as a match, it, it was good. But we've seen this, this match has been done so many times, mm-hmm. um, just over and over. This, and this is where, really where the show started becoming a giant repeat. Um, yeah. we're pretty much till the end of the show, almost every match was a variation of things we've seen the last you know, several weeks. So, um, but yeah, the match itself was good, but it, it, it's just been done too many times. I wonder if he'd be better on the microphone if he had a little bit more consistency, because it's hard to be someone and, and sound confident on a microphone when you don't know when you're going to be on TV again. And... No, I, I mean, I, I think it's, I think based upon who Ricochet was on the Indies and the way he performed, for his athleticism, there was no promo component. Prince Puma and Lucha Underground had a backstory, and somebody else in Conan, I believe, who gave mm-hmm. the promos. I just don't think that if you ask him who is Ricochet, I don't know if he can make an interesting story out of that. I think physically he can show a lot of cool things of what Ricochet is and does, but I don't know if he can give you a backstory of why you need to rally behind Ricochet. He he had a couple of promos a while ago. Um I feel like it's been forever since he talked uh on Raw, but there were there were a couple there for a little while where you could see he had he had improved. He was definitely better than uh like a year ago. Um but yeah, I mean it, it, that's something he's always needed to work on. I think and I think he has been, but yeah, well, um the Rain and pain and hurting for a squirt and lost in his match to uh, to Damian Priest, a match again we've seen a million times. Every time they have a match, I think this is great. I just wish it was like only on pay-per-views every now and again. Um, they but, did this uh, match twice last week. <laughs> they yes. had a singles match and then a tag match with them involved. Yeah, I'd be because they get they do get better, but it's like it'd be better if it was like if they did three pay per views in a row as like a series, and that was it. They only wrestled three times, but it was on pay per views. I think it'd be great. But every week, come on, it's yeah. it's getting getting worn out. I did think it was funny that uh, Priest calls Sheamus a bully after he takes a bunch of squirt guns and sprays a guy when he's down and then tries to attack a guy in a wheelchair. But uh, <laughs> but there is uh, that a lot of bullies on tonight's show. Yeah, that are baby faces. Yeah, the people I'm supposed to like. Be a star. Uh, And so, um, so yeah, it looks like we are getting this match at SummerSlam. Sheamus versus uh, Damian Priest. I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be a good one. Justin, what say you? Yeah, this. I mean, look, Priest has felt. I mean, Priest is one of the uh, few in this day and age that feels like he is a on the old school positive booking track. Um gets called up from NXT. Uh, you know, he's had 
you know, pretty good success. Did well with the Bad Bunny thing of Mania. He's been booked pretty strong. Uh, you know, he all signs point towards him winning this U.S. title, um, and maybe by Mania season next year, he's in the world title picture if all things you know work out well. So this is exciting. I, I'm a, I'm a huge Damian Priest fan, so this is great to me. I don't like I I, I every week I watch Priest. This what does this say about WWE booking? Every week that I, every week that I watch Priest, I watch with such excitement that I like I have like a little bit of egg eggshells like they're not gonna <laughs> screw up here are they oh right. you get to win okay one more win okay yeah I mean the fact that you feel that way after he fought through an army of zombies is pretty pretty <laughs> inspiring <laughs> uh, but it, you know what's interesting though is he's the I feel he's the last uh, male call up that uh, has been really successful on the main roster but he's well into his 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's probably the only one uh, this year that you could, you know, that you've seen a positive trajectory. Because um, yeah. Keith Lee, you know, he's all over the place. They're mm-hmm. treating him like job guy one week, and next week he's beaten carrying across. But, yeah, I, I think they, they're doing a good job with Damian Priest. And not, not pushing him too fast. The, that slow build, get him in the U.S. title picture first. Let him win that. Then you could go from there. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's been good. I, 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 there's this one comment here. Uh, John Koss says, Ricochet needs an advocate. All kinds of talent. They need to utilize it and let someone else talk for him. MVP immediately jumped to my mind when, when you wrote that. No, yeah. he, needs, he needs a story. Ricochet, the way he works in the ring, he works great as a babyface. So MVP would not work for that. When Ricochet was Prince Puma in Lucha Underground, there was this great backstory of the ancestors he came from and and et cetera et cetera he needs uh, you know he needs it's almost like the um, in NXT it's almost like the Zia Lee he needs a mythological backstory he can be a face mm-hmm. he needs just a story I, I think he could be a heel too I mean he was in Lucha Underground that, that character was a, a heel yeah well but Lucha Underground was different rules right. you could you could everybody wrestled Lucha Underground style and your heel face and yeah. WWE, if you're going to wrestle that style, you're going to be a face. So, yeah. well, uh, speaking of, we have uh, Ali and Mansoor teaming up again to face Mace. <laughs> oh, no, no, this Evil. was singles this week, so oh, they no, changed it right. a little you're bit. Right, you're right, you're right. No, yeah, you're right. Sorry, am I? Uh, yeah, so we had a singles match, and um, the, the thing that stood out for me with this part, though, again, going back to all the things we talked about, is the promo right before where uh, Mason T-Bar says, "Size always matters." Uh, before getting the win here, again, I felt like maybe not the best timing on this kind of stuff, but maybe I'm just a internet wrestling fan that looks too far into things. Uh, Raj, what, what do you, how do you feel about kind of the timing of saying size always matters before having the big guy beat the little guy? Yeah, normally in the story, then you should have the smaller guy win, right? Uh, yeah. When you're, when you're the big bad bully heel and, and you've already beat these guys last week, I don't know. I, I, I see what you're saying. Again, this was basically a rehash. Yeah, it's a singles match instead of a tag match this week, but a, a rehash of what they've done the last, the prior two episodes. So again, it was just running on a treadmill and kind of the same thing that they did last week. They, they, they just beat the baby faces. The the story beat, though, is obviously at the end. Mansoor makes the save this time uh, to save Ali, and the team seems to be more and more friendly. Uh Justin, how do you feel about uh, this team now 
going from being tenacious to now kind of being best friends. Uh, I I guess good. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, strong, strong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I like both these guys. So I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see TV time. And then I'm torn. I see Mason T-Bar, who are actually being arguably more consistently booked than Cross, which yeah. What, what does that say? Carrying Cross. <laughs> All right. To, you know, it's like a year ago, uh, Mason T-Bar were, were a part of this this revolution that was going to just tear WWE down to its core. This terrorist group that just could infiltrate every arena possible. It, it was exactly this time last year. Especially the Thunderdome. <laughs> you know, now oh, they have to... They have to they have to really strategize as a tag team to beat Mansoor and and Mustafa Ali. I, I'm getting PTSD thinking about the uh, the when they first showed retribution up. with taking chainsaws to the ropes and <laughs> throwing the bricks through the windows. Like they had the hardest time lifting the bricks to throw. Seven, to the Seventy people is the extras that were attacking. Them. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so I mean this this continues. I'm guessing we'll see a singles match with the other two next week. Um, yeah, probably. And good, uh, good booking, Jack. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, hey, I could book Raw. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> you're the writer of Raw. You you switch them, and then next week, you, yeah, you, you yeah, got like do, three do the same matches left. and just reverse the winners. If yeah. Wrestling Inc. and Keeps both fire in the same week, <laughs> you have a Raw booking spot waiting for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, and you I, still have nice hair, so it's a win. I could, I could, I could get easily get six more weeks out of these these guys uh reggie, damn it give me his hair <laughs> reggie though he's taking photos as the 24 7 champion and it, it's i thought maybe we'd get a new era of the championship with him having actual matches but it looks like it's back to them trying to get him backstage but he did some amazing stuff today he dodged a shovel with a backflip i think yeah it just looked incredible raj i know you love uh reggie i love reggie uh how did you like uh, reggie tonight I, I, I thought Reggie was great. Tazawa and, uh, you know, R-Truth, I know that the 24-7 is, uh, thing is kind of his thing. Um, I don't know. It just feels like it's just we've just been doing this forever. Um, like, like you said, I th- I'd like to see them move on to something different uh, with Reggie as opposed to the backstage disguises where they're rolling people up. Um, and they were kind of doing that. I mean, Reggie beat Chad Gable. Who did he beat last week? There was someone else. Um, yeah, because he had a who did he face on Raw? It's probably Tazawa, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I think it, it's a, yeah. Regardless, but yeah, I'd like to see them switch it up because we've been doing that twenty four seven stuff for a long time now, and it's gotten uh, you know pretty damn redundant. So yeah, and I feel like someone like Reggie's fun to watch in the ring, anyways. But yeah, that TikTok video that they said got like thirty eight million views of him doing his entrance. That's insane. So he's going to be the champion for a while. It sounds like he's unique. I he's, you know, they, they love size in WWE as we've seen. So <laughs> I don't see him uh, rising much higher. But uh, with the stuff he can do, he's he's great at it. Uh, Justin, I see you shaking your head. How do? You, what are your thoughts here? Oh, I'm reacting live because I watched none of this. At this point, I clicked over and I found that Varsity Blues was on TV, and I tuned in. <laughs> Right at the scene when Allie Lauder is in the whipped cream and nothing else 
Yeah. Yes. I was sold for a few minutes. So you give this you give this a thumbs up, this part of the show. <laughs> oh, it was great. Allie Larder. She was on that show Heroes, right? She's on Heroes. She's yeah. in a couple of things. I mean, this is when Mox, not John Moxley, Mox, James Vanderbeek, the backup quarterback, he's the yes. starter. And she's ready to like give herself to him. She's got the I, I was she, I was I was in varsity blues at this point. She had a good like eight year run where she was pretty she was doing a lot of stuff. If I remember oh, don't right. shortchange it. There was well, there's a lot more than her career. She did a like on... a Fatal Attraction movie with. Um... Oh, gosh, she was in it. She um... did. She also did. There was a show on Fox uh, five six years ago. It was called Pitch. Uh, she was in it. Is also it was, it was about a woman being the first major league pitcher. It was on the San Diego Padres. That's right. Mark Paul yeah. Gosselier, who played Zach Morris, he was like the. Le- it was a great show. He really got cut. And Fox put a lot of stones behind it. They had Joe Buck. They had all the Fox sports guys behind it. That was a great show. Should have been, should have lasted longer than it did. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Jack's in the chat says, uh, Jack, Justin dressed up for you once. You have to wear a hat and t shirt next week. Only fair. That is (laughs) fair. Wearing a collar, I didn't dress. I didn't wear a tie or anything. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'll wear a hat and a t-shirt next week. I'm, I no, Jack, you have a collar. I have a. We're, I'm wearing a collared golf shirt. Yeah, I dressed down this week. I got my Macho Man t-shirt though. Macho Man's always dressed up. If yeah. you got a Macho Man shirt, it's always dressed up. Yeah. Uh, someone who really dresses up though, Bobby Lashley and MVP. They came out. They cut a pretty standard uh, promo on Goldberg. Goldberg's not next. He's done. Um, just I like this promo, but it felt pretty standard. Kind of what you would say to Goldberg. Uh, any yeah. thoughts on it? No standard. I mean, the, the real gimmick here is uh, nothing. Nothing points to the fact that Lashley is going to retain this title. But I, I don't want to believe that WWE feels like Goldberg carrying the title through the fall is the answer. So I have to hope and think that there's a. Swerve, bro. Yeah. It's with very, Money in the Bank or something else. It is very, uh, again, the, no one over 30, and you have Goldberg going for the title. I love Goldberg, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, any any takeaways from this, like Raj? Again, it felt very kind it, of Yeah, I mean, as far as what was said, it was pretty standard. I thought MVP was great. I thought Lashley was great, too, with the lines he delivered. I thought, you know, when he did the you're done, I thought that was really well well done. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was it was good. You know, it wasn't anything overly creative or anything, but it was it was. I'm real into the uh, they announced today. Lashley's the next Broken Skull interview. Right. Was what, oh really? That'll be you funny. know, and I and I've interviewed Lashley was one of the first interviews I ever did ever. Well, with Chair yeah. Shot Reality, 2010. And Bobby's a very nice guy. He's super, super tough guy, super family guy, awesome guy, like personally. But from a pro wrestling sports entertainment, I, I've never found him to be the best. Like he's just, I don't think he's the most like captivating interview. And I mean that with the most respect to the man. I am super curious to see how they edit out an hour with him and Steve Austin. Like what? And I think Steve's like the Howard Stern of like wrestling interviews. I think Steve Austin manages to pull things out of people that nobody else pulls out i'm really curious to see what this interview unveils if anything that the fact that they put him in this you know broken skull set which has been otherwise pretty uh you know you know 
pretty high rated. Yeah, I, I will be interested. I'll be interesting to see because I, I don't really know a whole lot about him other than what they talk about on TV, to be totally honest, uh, or what we've seen. He, from he's wrestling. an army. He's our army, army ranger. Uh, yeah. He's got obviously, uh, you know, MMA and am- amateur wrestling, and MMA background. Yeah. So he's a vampire, doesn't age. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. age. Uh, Fun fact his first wrestling, big WrestleMania match was uh, that one with Umaga. Stone Cold was the referee. I was there. Detroit, yes. 2007. I was there. Oh yes. yeah, the one with the the, the hair. Donald Trump, there. come on yeah. here, Bobby. Come on here, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we have a we have a superhero, almost a superhero sighting when Nikki Ash has a match with Rhea Ripley, and uh, I thought you know Nikki's still wearing the bandages from last week was cool. The thing that kind of I noticed, and to be fair, someone mentioned it on Twitter, but. Uh, uh, why are they showing this kid's character so late at night, Justin? I, I, I mean, if that's the belief <laughs> that it's a kid's character, I don't know. Um, it kind of feels like in some ways the way that Raw has been structured sometimes, they kind of feel like it's like the old Saturday night's main event. Let's yeah. front load everything. And uh, if anybody's still hanging on in the third hour, bless them and they can see this. Then <laughs> uh, that's kind of what it feels like at times is they're kind of front loading things just the way they've, they've unloaded Goldberg and other things in the past. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't hate the Nikki ASH thing. It's not been in front of a live crowd enough. So I, I mean, I guess I can't really properly judge it, but I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I, thought... I like, I like her. I think that she's, she does it very well. It's clearly, for, I, I believe, for children. So I like I get that. I know it's, I'm not the demographic for it, but I like Nikki. So I think she does good. But if it is for kids, again, I just think like on the East Coast, it's almost 11 o'clock. All the people that would like that are probably asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this promo, went, it went a long time. I felt like it was going forever. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and then, of course, Charlotte spoils the fun ruins the match the very end there um i I also felt like why can't you just have nikki win i i don't know they don't they don't believe in nikki i have to think charlotte's winning this even though i know taraj's booking this would not say such but i don't know i well i bet you i bet you next week they're probably gonna do a rematch of this since this, this was a dq by the way what the hell was charlotte wearing yeah, yeah, she looked, like a, she looked like a lava lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> or, something, but, uh, or something out of Austin Powers. No. She had this bodysuit on. I was just like, <laughs> I never question the Queen's wardrobe. No, she... It's always, it's always perfect for me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, but I agree with you. I think Charlotte's winning it back at at SummerSlam, but because otherwise, I, I, the reason it, it was weird to me that. Nikki couldn't just win is to have her beat Charlotte clean last week only to get a DQ finish this week just felt why why put an, a loss on Charlotte who who is one of the most whether or not people like her easily one of the people who uh, is I guess best protected or wins the most or pushes the most however you want to say it give her a loss only to just do the DQ the, the following week why not give Nikki that strong push into the into the show into the SummerSlam. i don't know i didn't get it it felt very it, to justin's point it felt like they kind of uh hedged their bets a little bit 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Justin. I don't see this being a long-term thing. The, Nikki could very well win at SummerSlam, but I don't think uh, she'll be in the, the title picture at WrestleMania. Uh, just put it that way. Um, yeah, I just don't think... I, I don't know. I just, just the way she's booked, you know, she can't really just win a... You know, she... You know, the Charlotte match that she won last week, she got her ass kicked almost the entire match. I think she had four spots where she got offense in, and it was kind of Charlotte beating herself. And that's not usually the the type of people that they really run with. Um, So, yeah. Well, we will see. Something else we'll see is uh, Elias. He went for a camping trip, burned his guitar, and he says Elias is dead. Raj, is Elias going to be the next Undertaker? (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah i don't know about that but yeah clearly a gimmick change in the works um you know he this had kind of run its course uh and so yeah i'm curious i mean he's you know we've said it many times in the past he's got a cool look um he's got natural charisma he's the guy i'd be pushing not jackson Riker, who's been missing anyway but um yeah so we'll we'll see where they go yeah he's um you know, like I like I played earlier, he's only ever had a, one of the gimmick prior to that. He was here in Pittsburgh. He was heavy metal Jesus, Logan Shulo, um, you know, which played towards his look with the long hair and the beard and his love for music. So, you know, the, the love for music kind of morphed into the Elias Drifter thing, playing guitar. Obviously, they're going to, uh, you know, retire and move on from that. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 very curious to see what they what they go from here. What, you know what they decide to attach to him from here. But I would hope that they let something that's you know true to his interest hang on because that's always that's always the best gimmicks in wrestling is the uh, um, real personalities with the volume turned up, as Stone Cold would say. I give it fifty fifty. He gets the guitar back and goes back to how he was uh, mm-hmm. before the end of the year. Uh, but we end the show. We end the show in a big way. We get Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. And uh, before the match, Orton likes to, wanted to let us know that he doesn't want to be with, with uh, Matt Riddle because he works better alone, unless, of course, he's with Evolution, Legacy, The Wyatt Family, The Authority, or Rated RKO. Uh, but in other case, besides those times, he works best on his own. I thought, that, I thought the main event, two greats having a great match. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I love the fact that, uh, you know, they were teasing Orton versus Omos, but we didn't really get it. I thought that was just, you mm-hmm. know, Orton saying, you know, when are you going to take that jacket off and all that other stuff? I thought everything was executed perfectly. Uh, I thought it was a great finish to the show. I loved it. I don't know what you guys thought. Uh, Raj, let's start with you. Um, yeah, I liked it. I thought this was really good. I liked the finish. I liked the ending. Um you know, this was the first time I felt like you've had a fresh raw main event in a while. I know, I know, I know Orton and AJ have worked together in the past, but it's been a while. This and so this felt fresh and new, and circumstances are different. So yeah, I I, I really like this whole thing. I like the ending, the hug, and then uh, uh, and then you could. You, I just felt that Randy Orton was going to hit him with the RKO, and and when he did, and you know, everyone got a little deflated, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, this, you know, between the beginning, this, you know, you throw in the Lashley promo and then the Corbin stuff, just have the show be that, and it's it's a strong show. Uh, yeah, I I think they're they're still together. I think it was kind of a uh, 
little yeah. wink, wink, nudge, nudge RKO. <laughs> it was a friendly RKO. Yeah, 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 for sure. It didn't feel like a heel turn. It yeah, felt it was, like... It was like if you're going to be in a relationship with me, you have to accept an RKO. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think maybe even from a you know a teaching standpoint, hey, you always got to be ready. You can't right. you, you can't be friendly. You always got to be ready for it. Because uh, Orton even gave him like a little pat, you know, when yeah, when and, he was laid out, when I, Riddle I was laid out. Yeah, and I think Byron like made sure to say like they're back together. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Riddle, and Riddle wasn't out cold. He even kind of opened his. It's almost like Riddle was like a little bit like uh, honored to be given an RKO by his, you know. His bromance, bro, and, and Randy Orton. Yeah. You don't think it was the Vince selling? Remember when Vince would sell the sell the stunner and his eyes were wide open? And <laughs> <laughs> he's like the shaking first, and convulsing. Well, the first time Vince sold at MSG, he was having like a seizure. Right, his and eyes that, were wide open. Yeah, from that point on, he actually, you know, at least he get knocked out. Yeah. Properly. Properly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. I felt this episode ended with a on a high note, so I was happy with it. But again, there were some down points, uh, especially the wink from Lily. But uh, <laughs> overall, I don't know. I thought it was as good as you could expect from a Raw. Any, any final thoughts on the Raw? SummerSlam needs to get here quick. Yeah. yeah these three hours of Raw just are just killer. You know, again, we, we always say it needs to get something. Something needs to get here quick. There's always something <laughs> on the horizon that needs to get here quick. <laughs> Raw man, it's just uh, this with all the redundancy on the show. It, it kind of takes away from the the good stuff that they do, because you, yeah. like you said, there was a lot of good stuff on the show, especially with uh, with Orton and Riddle. So it was it, for for what Raw has been lately. I thought it was a good show. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, personally, I'd say the Randy Orton, Matt Riddle stuff and AJ Omos stuff was great. I thought the Reggie stuff was great because it was short. I thought mm -hmm. uh, Elias was interesting. I thought there was some good stuff yeah. on this show. Again, there was a, a wink from a doll that... <laughs> that, <laughs> that, just, that, was that was a first. That was a first. We've never had a... A, a distraction off of a, a doll winking. So I told you guys last week, <laughs> a series called Chucky is coming to USA this fall. Yeah, we're just setting up a cross promotion. I hate that you're so right. <laughs> I, I, you know, Candyman is back too. They're redid. They're redoing Candyman. That's coming out. So Candyman yeah. and Chucky. Who can take a sunrise? Oh my gosh, oh, that's what Elias is doing. Do. He's coming back as a Candyman type <laughs> character. <laughs> Uh, well, well that does it for us. I think that does it for Real us. quick, one thing I wanted to mention, I forgot to forgot to say. But SmackDown this past uh Friday night, it did two point one seven million viewers on Fox. It was the third best number they've done since WrestleMania. And in the, the key demo they did a point six one. Again, that's also the third best rating they did. The best was, you know, uh the best was actually that throwback. Oh no, no. The best was when the, the show where the fans came back. And yeah. then the one before that was that throwback episode that they did that just did huge numbers. And uh, this show was up against the Olympics closing ceremony, which that actually didn't do that well, but it's still strong competition. So, yeah, a good number for, for SmackDown. That's what's so weird to me is that SmackDown does well, and SmackDown has a lot of great stuff going on it. It's two hours. That's why. Yeah. But it's not like we have one hour of bad stuff and two hours of great Jack. stuff on Raw. No. Uh, like, no, 
NFL football games are trying to speed themselves up. Baseball, everything. Nobody wants to watch anything for three hours. Yeah, nope, I nothing. I, I can't start uh, nothing Justice League just because of how long it is. Like just knowing it ahead of time, I'm like, I, I love can't Scorsese. Do it. That's why I can't. watch The Irishman either. was almost three hours. Too I long. I can't watch Irishman either. I haven't seen it. Yet. Our Irishman <laughs> took me like two two and a half weeks to finish because I could get like thirty minutes a day. I don't care what your vice is. I don't care if it is uh, mob. True stories in the Irishman, three hours too long. I don't care if it's you find your favorite porn star for a three-hour compilation, too long. I don't care. Justin what bringing it up is. porn a lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. It is. It is funny with movies. If it's like an hour and fifty-nine minutes, I'm like, oh, that's great. If it's two hours and one minute, I'm like, I don't know about this. Yeah, you're putting it off. <laughs> I, I, I got a nobody does real... anything for three hours and is happy. <laughs> I did want to ask you guys: Did you guys get an AEW Rampage commercial while you were watching? Yeah. Okay, I say I didn't. Well, especially here in Pittsburgh, they're here all week. Right. So, so that yeah, I heard I heard that one aired, and I was like, oh, that's got to be a local market ad because there's no way they're doing a national ad on USA. Yeah, that will be interesting to see what those numbers look like once everything uh, settles down there for a little bit. I, I'm guessing their first episode will have huge numbers, and then we'll the second them. will have huge numbers next week the is CM second. Punk. Yeah. But, oh, that's right. Yeah, that'll. Well, it, the, it, the, well the and if Punk ones. doesn't show up, then it's. Oh, he's showing up. <laughs> oh, it's, the, it's the bottle <laughs> rocket that just fizzes out. I'll just say, like with media credentials, they uh, that's the only TV taping where they're having uh, press afterwards. So. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Outside of pay per views, so. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. Well, that'll that'll definitely because he's such a good quote. Yeah, that'll. <laughs> <laughs> that'll get huge numbers it'll be interesting to see how it compares to to smackdown but uh yeah that does it for us i think uh next tomorrow we have nxt uh here on wrestling Inc., which will be a fascinating after show i'm guessing so everyone needs to tune into that one and of course wednesday the after show for aew uh this is you know wrestling inc that's who the young bucks are shouting out so you got to watch that after show and then of course the smackdown after show on friday smackdown and rampage so now on fridays it's going to be an hour later so we'll be covering rampage on fridays as well smackdown and rampage that's going to be can't miss you got to tune in so you're going to get your three hours it's gonna be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we got three uh, hours on fridays now you got three hours on Fridays. You just can't avoid it. Uh, so tune into that. Plus, so much wrestling news is going around. Tune into Wrestling Inc. throughout the week. Watch for the news there. Follow on social media. That does it for us. We will see you guys tomorrow for the NXT After Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.